0: Good afternoon and welcome to the weekly take. Good afternoon and welcome to the daily take with your host Johnny Phillips on this Wednesday, May twentieth, twenty twenty, sharing with you my thoughts on current events. And today's topics are bailout wishes, a babyless future, and Rogan sees big money. We're going to get into all these topics, but first, we're going to start off with bailout wishes. Yes, it's still a trend in America for states, okay, to expect the federal government to bail them out. And as a result of, at the end of the day, having this feeling, this instinct, that the federal government will bail states out, states are shutting down their economies. I went over this a couple of times. I went over it with Sean, I went over it a couple days ago, and kind of mentioned like, look, it's not a coincidence that big spending states like California, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, It's not a coincidence that these states are shutting down their economy. They have big, big money problems. And again, some of these money problems happened before COVID-19, but they will use COVID-19 to say that all of our problems are 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 as a result of this virus. So the more they shut things down, the more they stall their economy. They the more devastation that's created in their state when it comes down to their economy and their communities. Again, they're looking at this as a win-win-win situation. A Trump looks bad. B we can request a bailout to get a bunch of money. And the article that I want to specifically get into today is from the Wall Street Journal. As a matter of fact, all three articles are from the journal and the first one just says here that state governments in the United States estimate the collective expenses of fighting the pandemic at some 45 billion which most want the federal government to repay in full rather than be reimbursed at the 75% rate allowed under the law the federal emergency management agency said so what do we need to know about well this is not even including obviously other uh, the amount of money that states have lost just from a tax based standpoint, or what businesses have lost, this this comes down to, ladies and gentlemen, okay, like fighting a hurricane, okay. That is how some states have approached this. Okay, so when a hurricane comes, or when some massive natural disaster, you know, occurs and wreaks havoc and causes devastation, okay, the federal government comes in and says, "Look, we'll match you for seventy-five percent." okay, of the amount of money that you had to pay as a result of this natural disaster. Like, now, here's the thing. The problem is that, A, this is, we don't have a limit, an unlimited supply of money. We just can't print money and have everything stay the same in our society and say everything's okay. Okay, that's the first problem. And I've already gone into that and it gets a little boring if I stay on that topic too long. Okay, so, but that's the first thing, okay, you have to look at, when you're, you're, you think that the government can just come in and solve the problems, and everything's going to be okay. Okay, the second thing you have to realize is, wait a second here. One of the things that it says here is fighting the pandemic. Okay, wait a second. We're fighting a virus, folks. When people think pandemic, the reason that's misleading is because people automatically think of, like, Ebola. People think of The Walking Dead, World War Z, 28 days later, right? This idea that there is a massive zombie out there, and the minute he breathes on you, you die. This is not the situation that we're facing, folks. This is a situation that can be deadly to some people, but I would make the argument there are things out there that can be deadly to some people every single day. It just comes by new names. Right? We all know this. Throughout society, throughout history, okay, we can all point to things in which pose a threat to a particular individual or group or community or state or large government. Right, There's all different types of threats out there that exist. And so just to say that a pandemic now is defined as something that has the potential to kill people, it doesn't really help us. It doesn't really get us on track and really identify what's the best solution, okay, uh, in the fu- to to have in the future and obviously in the present as well. So this is just important to realize that yes, this is being used like a hurricane, like a volcano, like a, you know, like a you know, like a storm, whatever the case is, right? It's being used as saying, look. This is like a natural, much worse than a natural disaster. These are things that are out of our control and as a result, we need your help. Well, I don't agree with that. I think this is a huge mistake. I think this is, well, this is one of the consequences when you do rely on the federal government in general, in any society. Anytime you rely on a large institution, okay, to help you out, you shift responsibility from individuals and smaller institutions within that large institution. Okay, that is what happens and that isn't always the best thing to do and you're going to say why John isn't it good that the federal government can quote unquote help people keep people safe. Well, it is but everything has costs and we're not talking about the costs of what happens when the federal government, for example, helps out your state. And I don't want to get into the printing money because it's boring, but the bottom line is, is when the federal government says we're gonna give you a bunch of money, they have to come up with it, and they print it, it devalues the, the rate of the dollar. Why does it devalue the dollar? Because more dollars printed means more dollars are in circulation. Okay, and so it's less valuable. Okay, if all of a sudden 20 people who really needed a meal, okay, all of a sudden were told that they have to compete Okay, for five meals that are on the table, okay, those five meals are very, very valuable. Okay, the minute you spread those meals out and you make it a hundred meals, and there's 20 people out there and they say compete for the food, they don't have to compete. Why? Because it's already there, they have an abundant supply. But the smaller amount of food that's available, okay, the more valuable each sip is, each bite is. Okay, and so that's just something to think about when you're looking at this situation, okay, that you just can't expect money to be given to these states, given to these local communities, and not expect there to be strings attached. And that's what I'm trying to say. Look, you can support FEMA. You can support the federal government coming and getting involved in these things. But one of the problems is is that it doesn't allow a lot of communities, a lot of states to take responsibility for themselves and most importantly, hold their citizens and hold the individuals that live inside their communities uh, to, it doesn't hold them responsible as well, okay? So this is something that's going to continue to build. It's not good for the economy. Again, if you tell me what are the two major economic problems that I see, I will repeat them over and over again. And that is, number one, people expecting bailouts. And, and, And I mean bailouts, just expect to say, look, someone else has got to bail me out. Someone else has got to deal with the problem that I have instead of dealing it with yourself, okay? And that's going to result to a massive amount, massive amounts of stimulus being pumped out, bailing out places, bailing out companies, bailing out states, okay? It's going to be detrimental to the American economy, specifically the US dollar. And then you add on lawsuits, And lawsuits are going to be a big issue too because lawsuits are going to come from the individuals saying, I don't want to work because there's risk involved. And if there's risk involved, I don't want to work and it's your job to bail me out. And if you take these two things, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, right now, if you take the idea that states are going to be, states and companies are going to get bailed out, okay, because of the funds that they're losing out of the lockdown and shutdown and COVID-19, plus individuals that are going to be requesting the fact that they don't go into work unless it's 100% safe and if so they're going to they're going to sue okay if you take these two things bailouts and lawsuits ladies and gentlemen that will ultimately totally destroy not only the american economy but certainly the dollar and that's just something obviously to keep in mind i've repeated myself over and over again so i want to move on to the next topic which is a babyless future which comes Out of the Wall Street Journal here again, it says American women had babies at record low rates last year and pushed U.S. births down to their smallest total in 35 years, according to federal figures released Wednesday. Look, this is an experiment. This is an experiment. There is no one that can tell you for a fact, okay, that having children and having less children predominantly in your 30s and into your early 40s is a good thing for society. Now, people are going to interpret that as saying I'm anti people having kids in their late 30s and early 30s and early 40s. I'm not anti. It's just that we don't have a lot of statistical evidence to suggest that that is the best thing for our community to have women decide to have children later instead of earlier. We just don't know. The evidence is not in. Okay. And so I know the major push in the West, specifically in America, is we don't want women and we don't feel like women should quote unquote, this is what you hear, feel pressured into having children early because it's going to disrupt and perhaps destroy their careers. Okay. Well, I I am a father of a two year old, 2.4 year old son. Now, I can tell you right now that don't have kids if you look at your kid as a disruption. Because one of the things that no one taught me that I thought was a silver lining in all the sacrifices, obviously the hardships, there's a lot of things that go on when you have kids. But the big silver lining, the thing that outweighs everything is yes, the joy, but how that child makes you a better person, makes you stronger, makes you smarter. If you devote your time, okay, in the and sa- sacrifice your life to your family, in particular your children the amount of lessons that they teach you and the amount of education that you learn from them is amazing it's remarkable and if you learn those lessons and if you are around that son or around that daughter if you decide to delay quote unquote your career that you really love and are passionate about and and you want to pick up i would argue that you're more prepared after having kids okay than you will if you have a career before kids now I'm not here to say that there's a right way, there's a wrong way. I'm just saying that the evidence isn't out yet to suggest that we automatically know for women today, it's better off for them to have kids in their mid to late 30s slash early 40s than it is to have kids in their mid to late 20s. We just don't know. And you can try to act like this is a throwback way of thinking. I'm just telling you that the evidence isn't out there yet. And I would say that there are tremendous benefits to having kids younger. And I think one of the benefits is you learn so much from the kids. Not just from the, what the kids teach you, but what you what you learn from yourself and your strengths and your weaknesses. And why, I mean, one of the things I never did in the past and I still struggle to do so is paying attention to detail and being organized. Well, I can tell you right now that if you're home, okay, and you're the person primarily responsible for your son or daughter for 8, 9, 10 hours a day, 5, 6 days a week. I can tell you right now I don't care how disorganized you will be that kid won't be alive unless you improve your organization that kid won't be alive and you won't have any joy at all And that kid won't have any joy at all unless you pay attention to detail unless you actually have lists and you check things off and you bring structure and discipline to your life that is all I'm if you want to do things the right way both for yourself and obviously for your child and for your wife so all I'm saying is, yes, like, is it disappointing to hear that that obviously birth rates are going down? Yes. Are, are we struggling as a society to provide essential incentives for our families in the United States of America? Well, I would say that we certainly, in proportion to what other countries do, okay, we certainly are below what other countries do. We certainly don't necessarily promote and encourage and get people excited about families and children anymore. It almost seems like, in many ways, in many secular circles, this is a throwback way of. This is a, you know, this is this is this is, a, this is the throwback way of thinking. Okay, this is for the past. We are now entering the brave new world where who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll get rid of childbearing altogether. I mean, ultimately, if the purpose of life is to free us from any type of pain, suffering, sacrifice. All of these things that we consider now to be vices. I mean, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if there's a technology involved in which women are told that they no longer have to have a birth of a child. Like, that doesn't surprise me. And again, do I know that's good or do I know that's bad? Do I know what's good? Uh, Do I know if that's right or wrong? We don't know yet. Why? Because that's not where we are right now. Okay? And so maybe, maybe we're entering a situation because Pain, suffering, sacrifice, discipline are such vices that, yeah, maybe because childbearing, okay, is looked at as such a vice now, and all the quote-unquote suffering and agony and hardship of, obviously, a pregnancy... Um, maybe that automatically will be gone away in a couple of years. Maybe in 10, 20 years, there will be no more women having children. There'll just be a scientific gene. uh, There'll be some type of DNA that the woman has, that the man has. It comes together, and all of a sudden, in the machine, and whoop-de-doo, a baby comes out. We don't know. Okay, we don't know. But it's not, I don't think it's crazy, and I don't think it's right or wrong to think or suggest that this is going to be part of that brave new world so again yes less people are having kids i think too one of the things that i have thought about is the fact that as you get older okay you are going to spend less of your healthy years around your kid now there you can't deny that like this is actually a really good part um to always bring this up to people because people like to deny that oh that's that's ridiculous. How can you say something like that? Well, the fact is, if you have a child and the husband and the wife are 40 years old, you know, you're going to be in your 60s winding down your life, okay? Uh, when he graduates or she graduates college. Okay, you are not going to be able to play sports with your son or daughter at a high level when they are in their teens, expecting some high level competition from people that surround them, which includes their parents. They're going to want to do fun activities, activities that are outside and engaging and exciting. And I'm not saying you can't do them when you're in your 60s, but you are going to be limited in your 60s. You are not going to have the same type of energy. Okay and it's the same amount of recovery time okay that you would say if you were approaching your 50s and your kid was graduating from college and uh, certainly another thing to think about is grandkids i mean if you're not having kids till 40 and that's part of your plan and again you're dogmatic about it it's not because you know, you, you found someone at forty. It's someone like you found someone, and you're married, and you can have kids, and you're healthy, and they're happy, and the amount of money you have is a reasonable size of money in the in the bank account. It's never enough, of course, as we know when we have kids. But you're you know you're late twenties, and you're saying no for the next ten years. I really don't want kids. I want to wait till I'm in my late thirties. That's fine. But I think part of what a person should do in that situation is weigh the costs and understand the fact. That instead of being around your kids in their teenage years in your 40s, where you're still kind of feeling prime, you're now going to be in, approaching 60. Okay, and that's just your first kid. You may have a second kid at 43, 44. Now what? Now what's going to happen? Now what happens if, if, if your son or daughter gets married at age 30? I mean, now that's like when you're approaching 70, 75. And now their kids are not even going to have grandma and grandpa. The idea of grandma and grandpa won't exist or have the same impact that it has on today's society okay that we might have experienced as kids i mean look i'm not i have to go back in time but i'm pretty sure that i was able to uh, see my grand i was i was i was able to see my grandmother for over 20 years of my life about 25 years of my life i had my grandfather for about 16 years of my life i had my other grandfather i believe it was and i could be butchering this so i really don't want to but i believe if i go back to it i think it was about a twelve-year span of my life, and so I look at all this stuff, and, and like this is great. But the reality is, if you have kids late, the chances of you being able to spend healthy years around grandchildren won't be a part of your life, and you only get one life. So again, this is not saying you can't, you know, uh, uh, put kids down the road. No, this is not this is not what I'm saying. You have to do this, or you have to do that. You have to weigh the costs. Okay, don't just look at all, which is true. All of the positives, okay, that go along with having kids later. Because there are tremendous positives. You need to also look at the negatives. And then you need to look at the positives that don't seem to be grabbing the headlines today. The positives having kids young. And then weigh them with the uh, with the negatives of having kids young. So this is just something to think about as we approach a time. In which, again, according to this article... We are re- reaching record low rates when it comes down to births in the United States. I want to finish off with uh, Joe Rogan. Yes, Joe Rogan, the most famous person that does podcasts in America, has now signed a $100 million contract. And, you know, here's the reason I wanna, why I want to bring this up. We are approaching a total new age when it comes down to news. The old model is gone, it's extinct, it's a dinosaur, and I hate to tell you that that person out there who listens to Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, I understand why you like these traditional news outlets, but the problem is, you are not built, your infrastructure is not built for this new technological revolution, for this new information age. You are not built structurally to be able to compete with the other people providing services that are your competition. And as a result, it's not surprising to me that guys like Joe Rogan, people who have started their own podcast company, people now, you do understand that people today can buy an incredibly great iPhone, an incredibly good, great MacBook Pro, buy a great microphone. Uh, buy a couple of nice little gadgets, all of these purchases for $5,000. All of these purchases to create their own media platform. Now, all of a sudden, they can be a lot more mobile. They don't have as many costs as other big companies have. They're They're highly talented people, highly smart people, highly engaging people, okay? And they have a lot more flexibility than your traditional structures. And this is just something that I want to Really make it very clear that old way of thinking is gone. It's finished. And I and I and I know it's hard for people to hear. I know people who are, for example, teachers expecting the same old Monday through Friday, eight to three o'clock day, this being like that, that being like this, this is the way it is. Unfortunately, I hate to tell people out there, but you are moving into a new age. You were born at a time in which today now, no matter what your age is, there is a transition taking place and you can either adapt or you can stay stubborn, stuck in your ways and expect to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, but then waking up every single day, reading the newspaper and finding out why what you have been doing is wrong and what has been happening isn't necessarily right. It's just necessary. It's 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 necessary for the 21st century, for the technological revolution, for these changes to make whether you like it or not. Okay. Now I think the great part about this is the fact that look, if you take a step back, there are opportunities that you can take advantage of that you could have never done before. But it does require you to kill off certain. Things that you've been holding on to for such a long time. You have to let those things go. And yes, you will have to learn to take risks. And we all know, unfortunately, today, taking risks being adventurous is unfortunately not something, okay, that is being emphasized and encouraged. And it's not a coincidence that it's not being emphasized and not being encouraged by your quote unquote traditional power structures. So again, I think this is something for you to keep in mind. Good. Uh, it's it's good news for Joe Rogan. Just to let you know, this doesn't mean that you'll never be able to see him again. But it does mean that look, if you're looking, if you're if you're enjoying him to watch on YouTube, you're gonna have to think again because now Spotify is Spotify is the platform in which you have to see Joe Rogan on. So if you want to see Joe Rogan, you have to go to Spotify. Otherwise, obviously, according to this article, and I believe unless something drastically changes, okay. Um, Spotify will be the only place you can see him. And that's just something that was very interesting. Very interesting to hear about. Very interesting, obviously, to hear about what's going on in the family dynamic with birth rates. And, of course, what is going to happen with states requesting bailouts, the printing of the dollar, people requesting lawsuits because they don't feel safe. And how these two things, I always say bailouts, lawsuits, boom, kill the dollar. And I think that's something that, uh, that you should be watching over the next couple of months. So with all that said, this is Johnny Phillips signing off on the Young News Podcast with my daily take.